Happy week nine. It is time again for the sickest Arizona podcast in all of podcastum. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh. The sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick, sick. You know what? It is going to be sick. I know we're all feeling a little sick, but that's okay. You know, it, it, uh, week eight, I would give it a solid effort. Solid effort. Didn't come up with a win, however. Um, yeah. I've tried to like temper my words because everybody likes to tell me how positive I am and that's the reason why they enjoy listening to the show. And and I don't hate last week's performance. I really don't. There's a lot to dissect in last week's performance, which is what I'm really excited to kind of talk about this week. Maybe not a lot. A lot is a strong word, but a lot of what I want to talk about focuses around DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so I worked with the team, got some thoughts together in graphical form. So we'll start with the positive. The Arizona Cardinals Twitter is actually really fun to follow, I think. So if you like positivity, I encourage you to follow them on Twitter because they do focus on the good things. And one of the good things that happened during this last game was DeAndre Hopkins getting his 800th reception. And they made a really nice little graphic that I thought we should just show rather than reinvent the wheel. So what we have is, there it is right there, DeAndre Hopkins, 800 receptions, and it talks about his age, but I can't read that far away, so I'm going to get really close. At 30 years and some 100, 100 odd days, DeAndre Hopkins has reached 800 receptions. This is a big deal, something to celebrate, and I know that he is on this list with a very few number of people who've managed to achieve this feat in so little time. So congratulations to DeAndre Hopkins for reaching that milestone. And if you were watching the game, which I know you were, if you were watching the game, you saw this magnificent one-handed catch by DeAndre Hopkins. And when asked about that catch after the game, instead of getting all sentimental about it and, yeah, you know, talent, blah, 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 the right throw, blah, 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 the right place, the right time, he boiled it down to something pretty simple. Short quote from DeAndre Hopkins. We lost the game, so that catch don't matter. Right to the point, right? Yes. 
He made the spectacular catch, but what I love so much about DeAndre Hopkins as he breaks it down. Yeah, he made a catch. They lost the game, so it doesn't matter. Why do you want to sit here and talk about it? Well, DeAndre, we might want to talk about it because it brings a little sunshine into our lives. It gives us a little ray of hope. And I'm proud of you. If nobody else has told you, DeAndre Hopkins, me, Kelly Singh, host of The Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh, the sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. I am proud of you. And I hope somebody in your life has told you that because you deserve to feel proud, excited, and happy about your moment. We did lose the game, yes, but you achieved something huge. And not only did you achieve something huge, you achieved it in a way that not many people can with a one-handed reception. I mean, I don't even think my hand can fit around a ball, let alone make a one-handed catch. So kudos to you. I'm giving you a big mom hug right now. I'm proud of you, son. There we go. (laughs) You only get that kind of love and nurturing here on the SIG podcast with Kelly SIG. (laughs) I'm going to move on from that. There's a little more serious matters to discuss. And that happens to be, again, around DeAndre Hopkins and a helmet-to-helmet contact in the end zone that was not reviewed There was no flag. There was no whistle. Um, It's one of those plays that you think should be automatically reviewed, but it isn't. So it, it brings a little bit of controversy to the table. And it's not other people calling it out, which sometimes it is, where fans are like up in arms and saying the refs should have done this, the refs should have done that. Uh, New York should have done this or that. The coaches should have done this or that. It's not even necessarily the coaches up in arms, but it is the player involved, DeAndre Hopkins, who is saying, hey, why wasn't this reviewed? Why wasn't this called? Not only would it have changed the trajectory of the game because of how and where it happened, but it also brings into question when do certain rules become applied? When does player safety become um, the most important part of the game? And right when we thought we were coming into an era where player safety was becoming more important to um, fans, players, coaches, owners, uh, the NFLPA getting involved. For those who don't know, that's the Players Association. And um, then you have a hit like this, and there's nothing done about it. And it it was rewound and shown dozens of times. And DeAndre Hopkins is left wondering, you know, why. And it's not about, like I said, to him, it's not necessarily about changing the trajectory of the game. It's health and safety. If this is supposed to be something important. <laughs> My noggin must not be that important is kind of what he's out there saying. And he wants some answers. And I don't blame him. I do not blame him 
one bit for wanting to understand how these rules are applied. Is there um, some sort of blanket rule? Is it a one-off basis? But I think anybody watching the game, Cardinals fan or not, could see that this was definitely head-to-head contact. And should this have been a college game, for instance, that that player would have been ejected for, for targeting, right? I believe that's the call. I don't watch a whole lot of college football, but I do see that call is applied very liberally throughout college football. So why aren't we applying that same stroke to NFL, especially seeing the outcome of head injuries? Um, yeah. So I wanted to throw that in there as a discussion point. If you have anything that you want to say on that, please feel free to leave it in the comments. And I'm going to make an effort to make sure I pop in to the comments and start replying and thanking people um, because I know you're there. If you'd rather respond on Twitter, feel free to give me a shout at Kelly and Phoenix on Twitter or the pod at sickpodkelly on Twitter. And we'd be happy to have this discussion because I think it's really important. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who don't think it's a big deal. But there are people out there who do think it's a big deal. And I'd like to hear your input as to the topic at hand, which I guess would be should these same type of targeting calls be applied in the NFL on a more consistent basis like they are in college, I would say. That's kind of where I'm at on it. Where do you stand? I really want to know. I have bookmarked some things that I really do want to talk about on Twitter. Twitter is one of my favorite places to find discussion points on previous games, upcoming games, and all of that. So I get them and I put them on my phone. Uh, One of the most exciting things happening is November 9th, the Cardinals become the focus of Hard Knocks in season on HBO. So you love Hard Knocks, you love the Cardinals, you love Hard Knocks, you don't love the Cardinals. I still think this is going to be a fantastic in-season episode Um, And it's not just an episode, I guess, series, in-season series for this year because the Cardinals are struggling. There's no words that I can use to really soften that. We are currently three and five uh, going into week nine. And that's not good. It's just not. It's not good at all. And we want to see some good football. So week nine, the Cardinals are hosting the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks themselves, um, they've been doing better than people thought. They have actually the complete opposite record of the Cardinals right now at five and three. Geno Smith has carved himself out a really great um, niche there in Seattle A lot of people thought, oh, man, do we even have a real quarterback? Is it going to be Drew Locke? Is Drew Locke going to be our quarterback? Wait, it's Geno Smith? Um, Okay. And then 
there he goes. He's like the most lovable underdog, I guess, that uh, I've ever seen. Outside of Jared Goff and the Lions as a whole, people love that underdog story, even though they're pretty still terrible. But that whole feature on Hard Knocks changed the way people felt about the Lions. And I think Geno Smith's performance, his demeanor, his personality, like his humbleness, uh, the way he plays, he's a good player. He's so understated as a quarterback. Here I am gushing about the um, competitive competing team, but I think it should be said that nobody thought Geno Smith was going to do it and he's out there doing the dang thing. So yay. Good for you, Geno Smith. What really uh, really caught my eye last week during the Seattle game because I was, of course, watching, eyeing it, seeing what was going to happen. I thought it was so cute. The The crowd is cheering his name. They're chanting his name during his interview. And um, I don't know. It just made me feel so good for him. And they are coming in to Phoenix with a feeling of elation, really. Being five and three is a great place to be. I believe that puts them in first place um, in the division. Please tell me if I'm wrong. Go ahead. That's fine. I'm often wrong. (laughs) Um, But what I love about that is they're coming in on this elation, and then they're coming up against a Cardinals team who is not very elated, They're the opposite of elation, deflation, deflated. (laughs) I crack myself up sometimes while I'm doing this. I'm sorry. I just actually I'm not sorry. I'm enjoying what I'm doing, folks. I hope you are too. So the elated Seahawks are coming into Cardinals Stadium facing a deflated Cardinals team. However, I've said it before. A discouraged Cardinals team puts forth an effort um, that you don't see a whole lot throughout the rest of the league. And I think that has a lot to do with the age of the team. That's a fairly young team right now, especially um, under the leadership of a young quarterback who doesn't want to lose. I mean, who wants to lose, honestly? But what I see is not just a desire not to lose, but nobody wants to lose face here. I, they're not necessarily accepting loss, I guess is what I'm saying. And when you see an older team, a more seasoned team, and they have a loss, they take it in stride. We lost. It happens. This team, a younger team, not just this team, but really any younger team or under any younger leadership, they actually take offense at a loss. And I like that. It shows heart. If if you played any sort of, of high school or college sports, you know that speech where your coach comes at you. I know I've mentioned this before on the pod. Your coach comes at you. Let's show some heart. Who, who wants to win? Who's hungry? And those kids were raised on those speeches. And taking a loss isn't necessarily an option. And when you take a loss, it's offensive. It hurts. It's, 
it's not just brush it off and move on to the next. It's analyze it. It's dissect it. It's fix it. I really think that is what we see from a wounded Cardinals team. Um, Not only that, but they had broken that home losing streak, which, wow. I have never seen that in my lifetime as a lifelong born in Phoenix, Arizona native. Um, I know we didn't get the Cardinals until I was like in grade school, but still, that losing streak, that home losing streak carrying from one season into the next, that was not a good feeling, and they finally broke it. So now we're hosting the Seahawks, which, yes, I do think we could beat them. We could be any team, to be honest, but uh, where we are right now, being realistic, I do think a 3-5 and five Cardinals can take down a 5-3 and three Seahawks team. So um, if we want to look at some of the stats, the Seahawks do outscore the Cardinals. Uh, currently, there are 210 points for the Seahawks and just 182 points for the Cardinals. Points against, much closer. There's 199 points against the Seahawks and 210 points against the Cardinals. So you see there's a, a far more fairer balance in the defense, which is where we would get that um, chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm saying there's a chance. Let me pull up if I have anything else I want to share with you for my bookmarks. I don't... Now I'm playing music. I don't have anything else bookmarked, but I did want to talk about our betting odds. Um, I have had some requests to talk about um, props, money, you know, money line, the spread. I do a lot of sports betting. I actually get paid to give some sports betting advice. So why not share it with you guys? I'm going to give you some of the data. I actually have not made my prop picks. It's just Tuesday, but I thought I might analyze this and share with you what the current money line is. If you put down a certain amount of money, what does that look like for you? And maybe help out some of you who've been asking me about making bets on these games. So I pulled up um, Yahoo because I think it's a neglected platform for uh, prop bets. And I'm just going to go ahead and give them a little bit of love today. So let's talk Yahoo Moneyline. I'm just going to be honest and say I had to edit this part out. And let's just talk about it because I don't math well. I like to put the numbers in and it tells me what to do. But I'm trying to read to you. And man, did I like mess my first take up. So here's take two. Money line, Seahawks, 110, bet 100, win 110. That is because they have a 47.82 chance to beat the Cardinals. That means the Cardinals have a slight edge on the Seahawks, which for some reason my brain switched that around, but I want to make that clear. The Cardinals here have the edge on the Seahawks despite 
you know, having different records. Um, I want to make that clear. So if you're going to bet the Cardinals money line, you're actually losing money. Um, you can come out even if you bet certain dollar amounts. If you want to come out ahead on the money line, you're going to bet the Seahawks, but we want the Cardinals to win. So let's not talk about the money line, shall we? Let's talk about the spread. The spread is super extra mathy, so I'm going to watch and not punish my producers for having to edit my silly face out of here. But against the spread of two and a half currently at the time of this recording, the spread's two and a half on Yahoo. Um, Seahawks plus two and a half. Cardinals minus two and a half. Um, if you bet $108 on the Seahawks, you would win 100 If they uh, $112 on the Cardinals, you would win 100 Um Over under 50.5. They always throw that 0.5 in there for you. Um, and that is even at minus 110 for the over under. What I would like to say is you probably want to stay away from this game um, naked, as they like to say, uh, and combine it in some sort of parlay. If you want to win any kind of money, you're going to need to parlay this play, especially if you're going in favor of the Cardinals. Um, If you like the Seahawks money line, you're okay. If you're doing any kind of spread, if you're doing any kind of over-under, or if you're going to take the Cardinals money line, you're going to need to parlay that with another bet. And for those who are new to betting, parlay means to stack up a bunch of like bets to raise the odds on all of them as a whole. So one of my favorite bets is to take um, some of the underdogs, maybe three of them that have a chance. And um, I just call it my loser ticket. (laughs) And those can pay really big. So that is our betting lesson of today. Loving DFS a whole lot better right now. So daily fantasy is where it's at. Stacking up a team, making a lineup that wins. I myself am very proud. Won 50 whole dollars on a $5 entry (laughs) this week. So yay, me $45 in my pocket that I didn't have the week before. So if you want to hit me up for any DFS any specific prop bets like player props over under my favorite new addiction. I guess it's okay to say that. I feel like a little bit of a degenerate, but I love underdog. Um, I can use it when I'm in California because prop betting is not legal in California, but underdog is legal in California and it's called higher lower instead of over under. I don't know how that works, but it does. And you can get on there, and there's a limited number of prop bets. Kyler Murray will rush this many yards, higher or lower. Um, Geno Smith will throw this many air yards over or under. So I kind of like those a lot. 
If you want to hit me up again, like I said, you can find me at Kelly and Phoenix on Twitter. If you hit up the pod about props, they might give you better advice than me. I don't know. (laughs) Sick pod Kelly. But here we are going into week nine. I can't believe it. It's already that time. And I would love to see the Cardinals come out with a win. That way we can make it four and five, climb our way up out of the depths, celebrate a win at home. My birthday is on Thursday. I'm going to be pretty much offline. I know that sounds very unlike me, but I plan to try and unwind a little bit. But should you send me a message, I will get back to you. Thanks again so much for watching every week. I really appreciate it. We couldn't build this podcast without you. So uh, let's chat online. Let's see each other around. And until next week, this is Kelly Singh checking out for the sick podcast, the sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast in existence. Bye. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Kelly Singh on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.